Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, timeless wisdom to enrich every day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, the aphorism for July 15. To overcome a judgmental attitude in yourself, observe others whose natures are similarly critical. Are they not merely projecting an inner insecurity? In judging others, you only judge yourself. Offer kind acceptance to everyone. In doing so, you will not only deepen your faith in God, but you will acquire faith in your own highest potentials. I've lived in community my whole adult life, still do, and I hope never to live in any other way. Um, and as a consequence, I've had a lot of experience with a lot of people around me. And one of the uh, wonderful advantages of community, as Swamiji has mentioned at different times, is that it's a living laboratory for, for different ways of living. Because you can watch people. You can, I mean, you can watch people over long periods of time, and not, not judgmentally, but just observationally, sympathetically. Certain courses are chosen, certain decisions are made, certain attitudes are expressed, certain attitudes are clung to, both positive and negative. It's not all negative examples by any means. Much of it is enormously positive examples. And you can just really see how certain attitudes bring certain results. There's a man in the Ananda community, his name is Ananta. Some of you who follow Ananda will know about him because he's a prominent leader. I've known him since the beginning of my experience at Ananda. He came in the early 70s when I did. He, he has many, many fine qualities, but I'm going to speak of one particular here. He has a capacity to remain detached no matter how much is at stake and to always enjoy um, the divine adventure. And he enjoys it like this. <laughs> no matter what the issue is, he'll describe some situation that just would have me waking up in the middle of the night wringing my hands, and he'll go, <laughs> just like that. Not, you know, not hysterical fall on the floor laughter, because it isn't funny. I mean, it isn't a joke. You know, something serious is at stake, and he'll put out all the energy in the world. But before he does... He always just sort of stands back and from his heart just emits a, a solid appreciative chuckle at what Divine Mother is doing. And many times in my life when I've been faced with a very difficult situation, I, 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 I laugh like Ananda would laugh. And it's, it helps. Now Swamiji is talking about judgment, which judgment is a real big issue and lots of us you know, have to fight it. It's have had to fight it. I don't feel it now, but I had to fight it for a long time in my life I, because I was insecure inside. I was very insecure inside and very critical of myself all the time, and it just spilled out. That's just how I saw the world. I thought the way to make myself better was to always be, in essence, criticizing myself, even though I was criticizing other people, because what you criticize in others is what you your, yourself, you know, are ashamed of inside of you. Another way that's, that, that Swamiji has put it, it's like 
you really want this quality to go away, whether it's unkindness or small-mindedness or arrogance or whatever it might be, whatever you're judging. You really don't want to have it. So when you see it in the world around you, you try to expunge it. You try to just get rid of it. And so incidentally, you're trying to get rid of someone. It has a deleterious effect on the other person who happens to be carrying it because they can't help feeling judged by you. But it always emanates from an inability to just let things be as they are and an inability to accept the reality of existence, including my own, being much too personal. And so Swamiji says sometimes it's very hard to see it in yourself, but it's easier to see it in others. Why would a person talk like that? Swamiji taught me at a certain point, it was very helpful, just to try to get inside someone else's mind. When they do something that seems so contrary to what you think ought to be done, I mean, literally, just close your eyes and try to transfer the center of your consciousness from your own medulla, which is the the point where the ego is centered, which is the opposite pole of this chakra. The spiritual eye chakra is the positive pole, and the medulla is the negative pole of the second seventh chakra. Both of them represent the in the individual the unique individual expression of spirit that that is dancing through you. The spiritual eye represents that unique potential acting in cooperation and harmony with divinity. The medulla represents that unique potential identified with the limited expression represented by the body, the ego, and all its desires. The ego is the infinite self identified with limitation. So does our individuality, do we offer our unique individuality into the divinity at the spiritual eye, which is the medulla offering itself into the the point between the eyebrows, literally offering self, and then allowing the wisdom of the spiritual eye to guide the expression of energy, or does the medulla hold it for itself and make all its own decisions? And so that critical judgmental holding on um, so we, when we, we start obser- uh, observing other people when we're insecure, you know, how does that come out? What I was trying to say is we transfer the center of, a, of our own consciousness just inwardly. Um, imagine that I'm not looking at the world through my eyes. Because the self is centered at the medulla, that's why we, we see the world from the eye level. That's why we're so much more centered. I mean, it's, it's be- partly because the senses are concentrated in the face, but it's also because the medulla is here. And that's why the ego is sitting there. So we look at the world from here. And it's more than just a physical phenomenon. That's just how we look at the world. Well, closing our eyes, or if circumstances don't allow us, just sit in someone else's medulla. I'm not suggesting that you take possession of them or, or give up yourself, but just sit inside of it. Think who they are, what they are, what they're, what you might know about them, or even what you can tell just from looking. I, I was doing a project with a friend once, and actually we were helping another friend to move, and I had asked this man to help. Um, for those of you who are just watching this, listening to this, you might not be able to see, but I'm not a very large woman. I, I'm older now. I used to be very strong, especially for my size, but I'm not as strong as I used to be. But still, I'm I'm a medium to small size female. 
And I asked this man to help. He's a big man, over, well over six feet and hugely strong. And we were moving things. And it was, it was a weird moment, but we were sort of both on the floor, sort of crawling around. And the sheer mass of his physical form, you know, just dwarfed mine, just absolutely dwarfed it. I mean, even, I, mean, I know this sounds ridiculous, but this, the actual square, square inch size of his kneecap was just all of a sudden struck me. But then I had this complete other realization. Oh my gosh, I, you know, I move around the world as a small female. He moves around the world as a very large male. And I thought everything would be different. And, and just for a minute, I tried to like put myself into his physique, just his physique, quite apart from his temperament, and just realized just how different it would be. I mean, this is silly, but I, I stayed in an apartment once of friends. They were away, and I was there for two weeks. A, a couple, both of whom were six feet tall, he a little more than that. Their everyday dishes were on the top shelf. <laughs> and it's like, I kept looking for the dishes. And I thought, and I saw them there. And my first thought was, who would put their dishes up there? And then I realized it was just, it was just a perfect place for them. Tiny, tiny thing. But everything you see is different. So when you see a person who does something you don't understand, try to understand. Because why would they do it? It makes sense to them. Everybody's motivated by the same thing, to escape suffering, to experience happiness. And so why would they think this is a good idea? And, and when you can really let go of yourself sufficiently to feel, why are they being judgmental, which is the particular thing he's talking about here. Why are they always criticizing? Why do they look at the world in such a critical way? How is that working for them? And what Swami says is, you will always discover judgment comes from personal insecurity. I feel uneasy. I need to make the world a certain way so that I will feel safe. And one of the ways I make it is that nobody's any good. I'm always pushing people away. There can be lots of reasons for it, you know, to make sure that nobody ever gets too close to you. Or in, in, in my case, my judgmentalness was I didn't want to see those qualities anywhere because they were in me and I just needed to expunge them. And I didn't have it worked out enough to realize where I really ought to put out the energy. So I was just scattershotting it everywhere. Whenever I would see that kind of weakness or that kind of whatever it was, I would just attack it. But when, and it all works as a unit, one, when I began to see that was futile, when I began to understand from others that one, these are very unattractive qualities. You know, these are not qualities that I personally want to be identified with. And also I began to feel what motivated a person to behave that way? And then I began to have the courage to think, huh, I suppose that's me too. And then you begin to think, how is this? How, my friend of mine gave me that question, which I love. <clears throat> how is this working for you? <laughs> because we never do something unless somewhere in us we think we're going to get something from it that we want. So you ask yourself, how is this working for me? What am I getting from this? You know, what is this giving me that I think I need? And is this really going to give it to me? Is, how is this working for me? Or is this just a very bad habit? Because this, um, offer kind acceptance to everyone, Swamiji says, 
In doing so, you will not only deepen your faith in God, but will acquire faith in your own potentials. Now, that's a very interesting sort of like logical extension of what he's saying. Offer kind acceptance to everyone. Because when we're always judging, we're always stopping the energy. Um, In one of these previous aphorisms this month, I believe I was talking about the fact that because I was so critical, when it came time for me to create and my field of creativity was writing, the habit of criticism was so strong that I found it impossible to create. As soon as I created, I criticized. As soon as I created, I criticized. There was never any kind acceptance. There was never any, oh, this is a good effort. We can build on this. Oh, that's not quite what I want to say, but I can work on it. I can make it better. You know, oh, good, I know that I don't want to say this, so what do I want to say? I mean, there's lots of ways. Kind acceptance. When somebody says something unkind to you or behaves unkindly or does something that you can still discriminate, you can see that that was really not the best response. But to judge it is to try to suppress them and have a bad attitude toward them. Instead, you could think, you know, only somebody who's very unhappy inside would behave like that. What can I do to alleviate your happiness, unhappiness, kind acceptance? I I can see who you are. I can see who you're trying to become. You know, all the aphorisms in this book work together. That's very important to realize. And when, you know, one does does these aphorisms every day, year after year, they really begin to build in your mind and you begin to understand how they all work together because together it's a whole life even though each paragraph may only be a piece of it. But with kind acceptance, you also are not condemning. And, you re- and one of the ways that you kindly accept is you realize that everybody is on a path to perfect bliss. And so therefore, just because they haven't made it yet doesn't mean they won't make it. Because they, they must make it. It's, it's everybody's destiny. And those of us who are sincerely trying to reform and uplift ourselves and relating to the grace of God. You know, the, the, the day of freedom is, is even closer. You know, the days of suffering are literally numbered. And so there becomes a kind of kind acceptance of our limitations and of other people's limitations because we just have a lot of karma to overcome. But the karma will be overcome because karma is finite and bliss is infinite. And these are just energy patterns that we've been sucked into and we've sort of gotten drawn into and we've got mixed up. There's no need to judge it. You can discern it. Because if you discern it, it will help you understand how to be helpful. And if you discern it, you can also save yourself a lot of trouble by watching someone else act it out. And you, you realize, oh my, I'm looking in the mirror. That's me. And then you ask yourself, I really don't want to be like that. And it it all begins to be helpful to us. If we just judge it, then we just throw it away. And also, um, it's harder for us to change when we have that harsh judgment on us because then then there's no hope. We've condemned ourselves rather than merely observing ourselves. Oh my, haven't quite got it right. I'll have to keep trying. And the other thing is, you see, all our, fault, all our faults come back to fear and attachment. I would just say fear. Always fear. I'm not going to get what I want. I'm going to lose what I have. I'm going to be disappointed. I'm going to be hurt. There's always some fear that we're trying to protect ourselves from. 
St. Paul in the Bible says, perfect love casts out all fear. So when people are behaving in ways that are unkind, ways that do not reflect perfect bliss or perfect peace, it's because they're afraid of something. So how are we going to help them? In some way, we have to help them overcome that fear. What's the most powerful way to cast out fear? Perfect love. Now, I'm not saying we should tolerate wrong behavior, be nice when people are, uh, when the appropriate response is a stern one. I'm not saying we should enable people in wrong behavior, but love is something else. I mean, a mother can be extremely strict with her child and very stern in her discipline, but the child never doubts for a moment that the child is loved. And that's the kind of friend we need to be with people kind acceptance. It's really sounds so small, but it's really infinite in its power. So Swami says, to overcome a judgmental attitude in yourself, observe others whose natures are similarly critical. Are they not merely projecting an inner insecurity? In judging others, you only judge yourself. Offer kind acceptance to everyone. In doing so, you will not only deepen your faith in God, but will acquire faith in your own higher potentials. God bless you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.